PR is a waste of money for startups. Welcome to PR True or False, a podcast that aims to unwrap some quirks and preconceptions about the PR industry and discuss whether things could be better. Each week, we'll take a statement, a belief about the PR industry or agency life, and discuss and answer whether it's true or false. My name is Austin Braley, and my co-host is Philip Shomshaw, and we're both PR consultants working at Firefly Communications. Right, on with the show. So this topic came about partly as a result of a, an article we saw on VentureBeat about the launch of a virtual PR firm. So uh, startups don't need to hire their own agency. So you had to look at this one, didn't you, Austin? Yeah, I, I saw it come up and I was actually so interested. I thought it around the, the whole agency here. It, well, the actual the idea is it's a startup itself and it's building software that replaces many of the functions of a, a PR firm. So... Um, it launched a platform that, that takes startups through the process of media outreach and, and helps them to be smarter about their efforts. I mean, what, what were your thoughts on the piece, Phil? Well, I see that the uh, co-founder, Joel Andron, said, uh, said in the piece that we teach PR agencies, or we teach startups how to do their own PR and build relationships with reporters in a way that's smarter and more automated. So I don't know if that works or not. Well, I think we have to set aside the point here that this is this mainly seems to be about media relations rather than uh, any other aspect of PR. I can see the novelty of uh, direct outreach. The point is, what happens when that, that comes to an end? That, that novelty ends of being contacted directly by our own, an owner of a startup rather than a PR agency? Well, I think one of the things that's worth, um, a point worth raising is something we've sort of discussed in previous podcasts around um, how PRs potentially spam journalists. And the danger here is that the owners... Um, do even more spamming and just sort of send loads and loads of stuff to journalists, which it really doesn't help anybody. And I think you have to sort of remember that good PR people are trained to spot a story and to sort of filter out the marketing spiel. So there's an argument to say that just because you've uh, you know, you've used some software that you're, you're suddenly able to, uh, to to do PR, I think it takes a lot more than that. Yeah, I, th- I think that's an important point, actually, because a lot of journalists, and rightfully so, can become quite frustrated by the amount of uh, contact they get from PRs. But they, what they don't see is the, the blocking of a, 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 the majority of story ideas that come before that. And often they're not, they're not privy to that. But I guess, you know, the, the founder does have a, a point here. If if small businesses can afford to put proper investment into PR, if they can't afford, sorry, to put proper investment into PR, is it really going to achieve anything for them? Well, the other story it was doing the rounds this week um, was around the, um, the the piece on Dragon's Den, where Deborah Meaden said, if you spend less than 3k a month on PR, then you might not spend any money at all. So, um, you know, that's, that in itself is sort of quite an interesting point. And that's quite a big investment as well, I'd say, for a startup to be making uh, straight off the bat. Yes, I didn't actually see that when it went out, but I saw it covered on PR Week. And um, in that article, they made a good point. They said, um, this is how they summed it up, and I'm going to read it out because it is quite quite well worded, I think. So low fees can be a tempting starting point for new agencies. However, they ultimately trap these businesses into a vicious circle with an ever-expanding base of low-paying, churning clients that the organization cannot possibly service to the standard needed to maintain the accounts and build their reputation. Um, that that kind of stuck with me. What 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 do you think about that, Phil? Well, when I uh, saw that piece, I, I was sort of reminded of a um, piece from one of our non-exec directors, Richard Houghton, who has a column in PR Week called Agency Doctor, and he was just you know saying that agencies or the PR industry in itself needs to sort of believe in its value, the, the service that it provides, and set the fees accordingly. And you know, this isn't um, this isn't a new issue, I don't think. 
No. So how do SMEs, who often can't afford to spend a great deal, how, how does this apply to them? Well, I think before you answer, answer that question, you have, you have to ask another one, I'm afraid, which is, you know, how can you prove that, S, that PR actually works for startups? Beyond whether PR agencies can get coverage from them, you mean? Yeah, I think that coverage, let's say coverage is a given, but for, for startups, uh, growth is the most important thing uh, for them most of the time. And if you take uh, an internet startup as an example, they're usually trying to build up their user base um, as quickly as possible and get as many people onto the service. And you have to question whether if you get a piece in the FT, is that really going to help your increase your user base? Well, perhaps not. But isn't it just a question of getting in the right places that matter for their audience? So we, we've seen examples ourselves many times uh, when the coverage that generates the most hits to, a, to their site, for example, when that's been a goal, isn't necessarily the high profile coverage. And then there's a question of, of how you maximize its impact anyway, once it's already appeared. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but there is an alternative. Have you heard of something called growth hacking? Vaguely. It's a Silicon Valley thing, isn't it? Yeah, it first started in the States and it was around about 2010, I think the term was first coined. And basically the premise behind it is that businesses do away with traditional marketing because it doesn't sort of work anymore, for, particularly for startups or high growth businesses. And it's, um, they replace marketeers with growth hackers. And I know that sounds like a really awful term, but these are people that have a sort of hybrid of marketing, uh, product expertise and coding expertise. So the idea being is that you develop your product as you go along. So the product you start with isn't the product you're going to finish with. And then you, you, hack, you hack the product as you go to make improvements. You get feedback from from users. You get users involved to improve the quality of the service. So it's a kind of a, a more modern version looking of looking at marketing and uh, cheaper. I imagine it. It doesn't sound like it needs PR, does it? I mean, what examples are there? Well, if you do a bit of digging, there are sort of quite a few examples, and um, a couple I've pulled out here are uh, if you look at Groupon, and uh, they had a thing where if you refer three friends, you get the deal free offer that paid users to share the deals with their friends. So it's sort of getting getting people on board. Um, you look at something like Spotify. So if you're on Facebook, you know, how many times do you, have you got friends that you see sort of listening to tunes? And basically all they're doing is advertising the service um, every time they're using it and making recommendations. So it's sort of getting users on board and getting them to kind of do your marketing for you so they actually feel a sense of ownership of the service. Interesting. Well, we actually put this, uh, this question online. Uh, what, what responses have you had, Phil? Yeah, I've had a, a few tweets uh, in reply to, to our questions. So, uh, and apologies if we any, mispronounce anybody's names here. So, Serena Mariani, um, who's on Twitter at social underscore Serena, she's a social media marketer and she says, smart PR is never a waste of money. Doing press releases is, uh, winky smiley face. Uh, Paul Duran, um, he's at Durando, who's the MD of a Switch Communications. And he says, too often startups are badly served by our industry. They 100% know the value founders should drive PR. And there's um, Horatio Mochian says, I don't know of any startup that became known by just doing paid PR. Curious how many startups have paid PR when joining Seacamp. And followed up with another tweet saying, I think it works best for startups that are already able to generate PR and they want to go higher and further. That's, that's an interesting point. So startups need to be ready really for PR. Yeah, and I think that's sort of part of the crunch issue, really. So um, PR can be good for everybody. Well, can be good for everybody eventually, but it doesn't work necessarily right at the very beginning. So you have to have your positioning sorted. You have to have a story to sell. I think, you know, when when sometimes when we've all struggled as practitioners, you basically, you you haven't got anything to say. There's no story yet. So that's when PR tends not to work so well. 
Okay, yeah, well, we've got a comment here from Sarah Amanda, a PR freelancer who we've worked with ourselves in the past. And, and she says... She'd agree with Dragon's Den that less than 3k retainer on traditional PR is spreading money too thinly uh, and you don't see the economies of scale. Uh, but she believes you can work smarter with your money. She, she gives examples of when she did a great stuff with startups on, on tiny budgets uh, and she goes on to list some of what, what that could achieve. So e.g. if they're quarterly spending 3k uh, projects for regular volume splash or one discrete activity a month, e.g. a byline, some proactive news jacking or something like that. And, and she believes the value from that can be can be very great and I'd have to agree with her on this one as well yeah so I guess the point Sarah's making is that you need to spend the money wisely and I think she's also made the point that actually freelancers are a good way of uh, of doing that well there's an ethical consideration um, there isn't there I mean a lot of the time a PR agency is spending uh, business owners personal finances when when handling uh, an SME and I think there's a big difference here and it can be seen in all kinds of walks of life in other industries as well when you're dealing with somebody where it's directly their investment their money there's there's much more higher emotions on the line there's all kinds of other you know factors at play here I mean what, what do you think about that Phil? Well I've worked with um, quite a few startups over the years and, and yeah we do here as well at Firefly right now and I think that one of the things that I've found is I feel myself becoming a lot pickier about who I work with. And um, it's not just the fact that, you know, if you talk to most PRs, many of them will say that startups have disproportionate expectations about, you know, their product and their strategy. And they think that everything that they can do is sort of warrants being front page of the FT um, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think it's actually about that. I think it's um, actually sort of just really believing whether you think that their business has got legs and they've and they're ready as a point we made earlier on and um you know that, that you actually have have a belief in the product itself uh so uh, the best analogy i can think of is that if you've uh, if you've got a dog turd and you cover it with pr chocolate sauce what you're left with is just still a shit cake and one final thing i wanted to ask actually so um there's a kind of belief that entrepreneurs have to have a level of naivety they have to have total belief in what they're doing and often people that you know if they actually understood all the reasons why something wouldn't work they would never succeed so the top entrepreneurs if you look back and go back and say when they started out if they'd actually taken in all the considerations that we've gotten this would never work let's just not try it do you think pr has a role in that as well do you think the pr that's backing it up has to have a level of naivety that's a good question actually and i'd probably respond by saying no i'd say completely opposite i think the role of pr is to uh be the voice of reason because at the end of the day that story's got to go through to the media or to bloggers and so on and those people will say exactly what they think about it so i think pr can act as a kind of reality filter so yeah absolutely a lot of those people have got to have that self-belief to be able to um to do what they want to do to you know put their more their houses um on the line uh, to you know start their business but you know i think prs have got to uh, have, have got to be the realists in this great okay well i think it's come to that time of the week where we pass our verdict so PR is a waste of money for startups. True or false? Well, I'm going to say false. I don't think it is a waste of money for startups at all. I think if you've if you've got the right story and everybody has uh, realistic expectations that are based on the, uh, the reality rather than a fantasy world, then I think um, PR isn't a waste of time at all for startups. I'm going to say false as well. I might be a bit biased, but I think PR is probably the single most important thing a startup should take into account when they when they begin. I also think. Um, contrary to what some people are saying you know three thousand a month or whatever we were talking about 
actually, I think PR can be very, very cost effective when you compare it to the, the ad, like advertising and marketing. You get real value for money if you do it in the right way. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. And really on a shoestring, you can achieve some amazing things. Well, our last two verdicts there sounded more like an infomercial for PR. But um, there you go. So um, that's this week. Uh, join us next week when we'll be discussing uh, another topic close to our hearts. And you can always join uh, the discussion on uh, Twitter at PR True or False um, or go to one of our blogs and leave a comment there. Um, thank you for listening. You've been listening to Phil Shomshaw and Austin Braley on PR True or False.